We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Hello everyone, welcome to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by my bookie. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel, the co-owner of Rotoviz Radio. You probably heard in my voice, it is the Christmas edition of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. Uh, finished up uh, my day job yesterday, some of my friends back from different parts of the world, a lot of them back from Australia, some back from America, so uh, met up with them and maybe overdid it a little bit with the the holiday celebrations but that's all part of this time of the year uh, so what with my voice uh, hopefully we'll make it through the show but i have to say it's always a, a time of the year where i really like uh, obviously the fantasy season comes together the nfl is coming to a, a climax and also um a nice time to spend with uh, family friends uh, and things like that so i always enjoy uh, christmas and the the new year and this time of the year but uh is it something uh, sean that that you enjoy personally uh, the holiday season i do i think that uh while there can be some downsides this really is the time of the year to celebrate with family extended family you know hopefully have those connections across generations and share and and celebrate and you know we like to, to get together obviously and, and give gifts and and i think it is a situation where you know seeing your family members open the gifts that you are most excited about giving them is the best time. So that time of sharing, that time of giving, and 
Uh, for me, it's a little bit of an adventure. I have a cat who is is one of the most important parts of the family to me, and taking her on a plane back home is is not very realistic. She has lots of trouble with with anyone and anything, and so I, I don't want to subject anyone to that. But so we drive, and it's almost a twenty four hour drive back across the country and, and she gets sick and, and throws up and, and all that kind of thing. So it's an adventure and, you know, there is a little bit of a foggy time period after that, uh, trying to recover, but I, I'm feeling good this morning, feeling excited about the fantasy column. You have a new addition to your household this year. So you're going to be celebrating your first Christmas with your eighth month old. What do you have in store there? And, and just how much are you looking forward to this first Christmas? Yeah, it's a completely different uh, experience. Like for example, um, we put up our Christmas tree this year. I think we put it up like at the, in the, uh, the last week in November. Like we just kind of went overboard because to see what her reactions would be to all these things. So she's eight months old and obviously really has no idea what Santa Claus is or things like that. But it's going to be fun to see her open those presents. And it's funny, we buy her toys and she has toys to play with. And sometimes the thing that she likes to play with most is like, uh, you know, an empty box of cereal or something silly like that. So it'll be interesting to see when she gets the gifts on Christmas, she might be more interested in the wrapping paper than uh, the actual presents. But it's going to be fun. It's, it's been a completely different uh, experience. And your thoughts are always kind of thinking what they're going to think and how she's going to react. So funny, uh, like with the Christmas tree lights and things like that, it's been a really cool experience uh, that way. Um, so you mentioned as well, Sean, um, yourself, and I think part of the reason, obviously we're recording this prior to the game, so we don't really have anything to recap back on. But when we talk, we talk very much about the NFL, the fantasy football aspect. We don't really get into ourselves off off the show. But you mentioned there your cat, uh what what's the cat's name uh, my, i have a dog and uh, i've been a packers fan as any listener will know uh but they mightn't know the name of my dog my dog is called packer after after the green bay packers has your cat got any uh is it called chief or is there anything like that no, <laughs> her name is anias and so she's named after uh the favorite uh famous writer and so you know we do a lot of uh we we mentioned some book things on on here from time to time where I mention them when I go on other shows. So, you know, out, outside of the the fantasy football, there's a, a lot of reading, writing, obviously TV watching because folks who don't watch TV, you know, we certainly have some questions about their uh, full interaction with the world. And so, yeah, she she and you know, she would very much she, she's progressed I think to the 8 year the 8 month old level where uh, occasionally family members will not understand her personality and will get her these these lavish gifts with you know cat houses or toys that are very complicated and have all of these things going on and very much wants to play with the wrapping paper will play with shoelaces uh complicated cat toys very very little yeah and uh, it's it's actually another funny story with christmas decorations uh, some of my friends visited uh one day during this past week and they sat on the chair and they heard the squeak and they lifted it up and it's like a snowman and they're like is that there for the child and i was like no that's actually a dog toy that we got as a present for our dog one christmas but my dog is quite very small but he doesn't really understand the aspect of playing with something he thinks that the target is to eat it until 
you rip it into shreds so a lot of toys like that uh, i don't know if the cat's the same but we just cannot give it has to be like a reinforced super strength <laughs> toy for uh, for them to get to play with it so it's always a, a task trying to get toys for for the dog but you mentioned sean books and i guess uh, have you a book that you read this year maybe a favorite book that you want to shout out to the, to the listeners in case they're interested in picking up a, a book over the new year well i had a chance to read some uh quite a bit of science fiction this year a novel that's a, a couple years old now uh, called station 11 is a great combination of sort of literary science fiction a little post-apocalyptic kind of element if you're looking for more of a space oriented sort of sci-fi the most fun series that i had a chance to read this year is called the Murderbot diaries and they are a, a series of novellas by martha wells where there there's a an ai who has sort of jumped the the bonds of its its software and it is supposed to be sort of a, a guardian bot a security bot for these different sort of space-faring uh, types of projects go out to you know this planet and do some mining, go out to this planet and do some checking on biological entities, that kind of thing. And the, the murder bot has sort of, again, uh, freed itself, but is going around and actually still doing a lot of the, the stuff it would normally do. A fantastic character. You see a lot of stories out there now about different types of AI and how they would function, how they would think, what their ethics would be. And most of them are pretty flimsy. You know, the logic doesn't really hold up. The characters are not that interesting and really approaches it at a very rudimentary level where anybody who's thought about this idea, and it's, it's an idea that is coming and it's been very relevant. A lot of people think that before we will destroy ourselves with climate change or those kinds of things that, you know, we will face some sort of reckoning with these artificial intelligences that we create. So it's a fantastic series. The, the books are short, they're novellas. Um, so almost like TV episodes, you can get through them quick, very easy to read. And while the philosophy is, is incredibly interesting, these stories are actually built around a very active sort of adventure. And so I, I don't think you can beat that something that is fun, exciting, and yet still has uh, some real meat behind it. Yeah, and I think you mentioned about the AI and people thinking that uh, that would eventually cause the end of the world. It's not uh, not the end of the world. It's not as far, I was going to say, it's not as far away as it seems. Not that the end of the world is not that far away, but uh, the, the AI is uh, certainly coming. Uh, it seems to be coming quicker and quicker each time uh, you do more research into it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops uh, over the next kind of couple of decades uh, and, and see how things develop that way. Sean, we're going to look as well at some of the things from the start of the season back to um but like kind of looking back to see our hits or misses we're going to do that and we're going to jump through some topics as we run through the show here so let's go to one of them and that is basically it is the championship weekend but we are recording this prior to it we have obviously the saturday night games played out and then we're heading and now just recording this about 30 minutes prior to the sunday slate kicking off so it's an exciting weekend it's the time of the year that we kind of try all year to get ourselves into this position uh, we talked about it in last week's show about how to try and enjoy it but what's your expectations for the championship weekend obviously we're 
we're going in here now. We're not long away. What's your expectations, um, and what, what do you think is going to happen this weekend for for your fantasy teams? Well, I'm really expecting and hoping a bounce back across the league in terms of scoring. We want these finals to be decided by the big time players making big plays, scoring lots of points in this most pivotal week, and maybe not off to the best start, both from the perspective of Beckham is out again. A number of the biggest stars are limited, and we don't know just how much. So hopefully by the time readers are listening to this, I mean listeners are listening, we will have verification that Todd Gurley went out and scored 30 points despite his limitations, that Julio Jones put up a 200-yard game uh, despite his Knicks. And for me personally, I wrote this week about the Apex Experts Finals, where I face Denny Carter, one of my favorite guys in the community. If DeAndre Hopkins could fight through his limitations and put up that quintessential Hopkins game with, let's say... 225 yards and three scores that would that would go a long way (laughs) although it also would almost certainly sink me in the hyperactive super bowl so a lot of these will will cut both ways but that's the number one thing i am looking to you mentioned your dog uh tearing the toys to shreds that's what we saw last night with the raven (laughs) (laughs) to the los angeles chargers obviously helping out my chiefs did you have any guys who were quickly torpedoed last night and or should we be concerned that defenses are going to dominate again uh, this final um the way it shook out last night it was like the the result obviously the chargers losing was uh something that i wasn't expecting to happen in the way it happened but you know we've seen that ravens defense have big games uh, this season so it wasn't surprising that they limited them uh, then in that the titans game against the the redskins that was kind of the way you probably would expect that one to go as well so i think those games fitted into that kind of style i think the games today uh, there's potential for some huge huge uh, shootouts um you know there's a couple of games i'm very interested in i think obviously after this people will know after if we were right or wrong but i think games like uh, the, i think the rams are in for a big bounce back spot today uh, i think the game with the saints and the Steelers is uh, obviously going to have a high scoring opportunities i think the packers and the jets could be a quite a quite a impressive game in terms of fantasy points today as well so there's a lot of different interesting games on the slate i think we're going to see a big bounce back uh, this this week in terms of we talked about on the show last week with the the quarterbacks and the lack of touchdowns being done by pass and touchdowns i think we'll see a, a big bounce back this week back more to what we've seen all season long the only player i really had running in those games was uh derrick henry um, and obviously he didn't have as big a game as he has over the last couple of weeks but he got the touchdown had a, a decent uh, rushing yardage total so um that obviously uh, looks good from that perspective uh the one obviously that would have been the big comeback down to earth moment was uh mike williams and uh, the way the way his game filtered out last night so we kind of did predict that it mightn't be uh, consistently high scoring for him as we move forward here but certainly a player who has shown flashes but still seems to be struggling to put it all together um wh- what stood out for you in those two games did you any players that have uh, put you off to a good start or a bad start for this championship weekend <laughs> this always seems funny because it's such a, a random position but i had justin tucker going in a couple of leagues last night and so i was glad to see his point total even though he missed a couple of kicks which is obviously out of character for him did have williams also going 
And, you know, it's it's frustrating to see there his season, not quite to the same extent, but there's been a little bit of that Traquan Smith element where uh, Smith, hopefully, for those of us who have a little bit of ownership and some best ball, obviously no one's going to be running him out unless you're extraordinarily desperate in a regular lineup this championship week. But, but Traquan had two 30-point games this year and has six zeros, which uh, that's about as large a swings as you can see on as you could ever see unfortunately those swings have been tilted toward the lower score and so uh, the natural order of things is that you probably missed the big games and then subbed him in for some of those zeros i was forced into williams with some of the injuries this week to players like tyler boyd who we'll mention in a second and then with some uncertainty about keenan allen obviously that's a bad matchup so you're never surprised when your guys get shut down against the ravens but that's just one of those where you get down to those last week and players are dropping like flies and and you have to make some choices that perhaps are suboptimal henry another very interesting one where you had mentioned that you actually picked him up after his big game and that's the point that we're at with him and so it'll be interesting to see if he can build on this he had the big game against the chiefs in the playoffs a year ago that bumped his adp back up along with perhaps getting in a slightly better situation with Deion lewis Crazy to think now, based on the last three weeks, but Lewis really was owning the most important touches and sort of the lion's share of this workload or this committee for much of the season. I know you were able to pick him up as a free agent. Uh, John Lipinski has been writing his Terminator column and was right on the verge of cutting him before he blew up. And that that really has been his season where I'm sure that there were teams out there where Henry actually was cut from some of those types of rosters and you know was just on on the waiver wire heading into the fantasy playoffs here so for those who who had the good fortune or the guts or foresight to get him in there before that big game uh, certainly they're they're moving along in the finals and, and got off to a solid start like you said so moving from those saturday games to a bigger picture look at this season obviously listeners are going to have a little bit of a sense of mind but who has been your favorite player for 2018 that's an an interesting one um in terms of probably non-fantasy related in terms of players being back that i've enjoyed watching um i've mentioned a few times andrew luck i've I've been really happy to basically what it takes to fantasy because he's the more better quarterbacks that you have in the league the better it is for fantasy production but he's a player i've always enjoyed watching and having him back has been great um I'm not going to steal your spotlight here, but Patrick Mahomes has been a lot of fun to watch for that Chiefs offense. Um, I, I've like it's it's really hard to narrow that one down to just one spot. I probably have based on what we talked about early in the season um, and the preseason about Tyler Boyd. I've really enjoyed watching his uh, role this year, but obviously now he's out for the rest of the season. But it's hard, very hard for me to pinpoint that one down to just one particular player. But th- there's been quite a few that have. Uh, stood out for me in that but maybe maybe uh going for Boyd just because he was one of the the kind of picks we had in the offseason that uh, worked out for us yeah Patrick Mahomes obviously is going to be my guy for this year and for so long the Chiefs have been solid to elite you know we had the Marty Schottenheimer era where uh, multiple times they had that 13 and 3 record either a number one seed or a number two seed have that first round by get into the playoffs and simply cannot score and, and clearly had some of those misadventures with field goal kickers either missing kick, kicks 
or even kicking kickoffs out of bounds to set up the opposing team for the short drive to win at the very end. Then you go through the Dick Vermeil time period where they score like crazy, but don't have a defense. Even that, and this is no criticism of Trent Green, who was a fabulous quarterback, always underrated, uh, having attended multiple games at Arrowhead. And you can certainly see some things as a fan in the stands that you can't see on the telecast. And watching how you know that Chiefs team with the fantastic offensive line that would just take the defensive players and and move them back you know yards off the line of scrimmage but also so fast you know you'd have these hall of fame guards pulling and then taking out linebackers taking out safeties you know 10 15 yards down the field obviously priest holmes running wild and they had some solid receivers in that era but Green was fantastic. You would often see him throw to guys who were just blanket covered and his passes would get down there uh, to the sidelines because it was a Chiefs offense that stretched the field both vertically and horizontally. Obviously didn't do it in the exact way that some of the contemporary offenses do it, but they were an innovative offense that accomplished a lot of the same things that the current offenses are accomplishing by really forcing defenses to play the entire field, to play you know, 20, 30, 40 yards deep, and to cover sideline to sideline, which you know, that, as defenses will tell you, is difficult. And Trent Green made it all work by having these pinpoint passes despite the lack of a huge arm. And obviously you go through uh, the, the very demoralizing Herm Edwards era. You come out the other side of that and... Andy Reid has been fantastic, and Alex Smith, again, like Trent Green, maybe not to the same extent, but an underrated quarterback, and you can see that with how Washington completely and totally collapsed me. Alex Smith took a lot of criticism this year for not unlocking Jordan Reid, not really having the rapport with guys like Jamison Crowder, as people hope, certainly Josh Doxson not taking another step forward, and yet once they lost him, that team went from the AFC East, the NFC East favorite to a team that even with what the Tennessee Titans were doing yesterday, uh, were not able to hold on for the victory. So we see all that, but all through this time period, you have Chiefs fans saying, well, what if we had an Aaron Rodgers? What if we had a Tom Brady? What if we had a Drew Brees? And certainly fans of most organizations out there are saying similar things because there are only so many Peyton Manning's or Aaron Rodgers at at any one time but to have him to have someone who not only has that ability but has the flair I mean guys like Tom Brady Drew Brees you know they're unparalleled they're going to go down possibly as the two best quarterbacks to ever play certainly Peyton Manning still remain in the conversation as will some of the the older QBs but when you look at those guys even people like Tom Brady and Drew Brees they do not have the arm talent they don't have the flair that Mahomes has so to be able to do the things that he does where reading defenses making these fantastically accurate passes you know you watch him throw the ball 60 yards down the field the next play you see him throw a no-look pass back across his body the next play he throws the softest little fluttery uh pass dropping it in between the levels so softly for any of his guys you know a Tyreek Hill or a Travis Kelsey to catch and run with you know you get the run after the catch to see him be able to do everything to have him have such a fun vibe the bubbly personality I mean he is the superstar of superstars and you know after after all of these years and for a Chiefs fan you know there's already this tiny bit of dread that 
seeps in because of what's happened. The Chiefs have been good. I mean, the Chiefs do not, Chiefs fans do not have the same sorts of complaints that perhaps some teams like the Cleveland Browns, um, the Detroit Lions. I mean, fans of programs who have been consistently bad, consistently rudderless, always seem to be going in the wrong direction. Find Cleveland maybe pulling out of that a little bit. So it's very exciting for them. Chiefs fans don't have that, but they have this history of collapse of being good but not good enough and not being able to come through in the playoffs now to perhaps have Mahomes not just for this fantastic 2018 season but the future 2019 2020 2021 you know Andy Reid is now positioned to go from one of the better coaches in the NFL probably one of the top five coaches currently coaching maybe number two uh, but not necessarily having a place in the history book long term you know certainly not compared to bill belichick you know very few people do with that comparison but these other super bowl winning coaches from the past you know with two super bowls three super bowls that kind of thing you could look forward a decade from now and andy reed might be considered in that same category with belichick you win a couple super bowls you have the total number of wins that he will have at that point you have the total number of playoff teams he will have had and Mahomes has really unlocked even so much more of his genius now quarterbacks you know we see them carry coaches all the time obviously we've had the situation this year with the Green Bay Packers and how that has played out and so you know there are instances where people will make the claim that really was all the coach I mean all the all the QB and that the coach was was a long for the ride both Andy Reid having done it with Donovan McNabb having put together some very good Chiefs teams with Alex Smith and now having a guy in Patrick Mahomes who is head and shoulders above those types of players you know Andy Reid may go down as one of the all-time great coaches I definitely agree with you there as well Sean and that's a kind of bandwagon I've been on even from his time in Philadelphia but certainly from his time with the Kansas City Chiefs I think he's been a top five coach pretty much for the last I would say eight to ten years um, and i think that you're you're on track with what you what you said there um as i mentioned at the start of the show the show is brought to you by my bookie the bowl season is here and we're getting ready obviously for the playoffs as well and it's a great time to get started and get in on the action at my bookie don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your relatives and friends are sitting around watching the game not this year and when there are 41 bowl games to bet on and then the national championship coming up on january the 7th it really is a great time of the year to get involved make sure you're ready for all the action by signing up at my bookie today they pay fast when you win ownership really cares about good customer service and they offer the craziest props join now on my bookie and they will offer you a 50 percent bonus just for being a loyal listener here to the road of his podcast and make sure you have a nice bankroll for the bowl season. The promo code is Rotoviz, and that will give you that 50% bonus when you make your first deposit. So enter that code Rotoviz when you deposit to activate the offer. That promo code, once again, is. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. 
It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Rotoviz. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So, Sean, jumping into a couple more topics before we wrap things up. I mentioned the favorite player. Had you a favorite particular part of the season? I think mine has been, um, you know, seeing the high scoring weeks um, and seeing how things have developed over the season, uh, seeing some of those players that we were high on, how they did. Um, I've had a lot of fun, actually, because uh, I looked like I had made a, lot, a couple of wrong decisions, obviously, with Amari Cooper uh, and my prediction for him. But it's been fun to watch his resurgence since he went to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, has there been anything that stood out for you as the, the favorite part outside of uh, Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> this season has been great because of the scoring, because of the innovation on offense and what that has done for fantasy. You know, we talk a lot over the years about you know, should you start running back, running back? Should you start zero running back? Uh, should you do all of these different things structurally to give yourself an advantage? And the answer is is yes. I mean, there are certain things you should do structurally to put yourself ahead of your competitors. However, one of the things you can't control is where you get put in the draft. And all of the research will show that year over year, it makes a huge difference, whether you're toward the beginning or toward the end, and that the first pick in many cases can have a 10% higher value. So across multiple seasons, that number one pick is so much more valuable than the number 12 pick. So if you get stuck at the back end, you already are facing such an uphill battle. And because that's just the way things work, people tend not to complain about that much. There's, There's no point to it. But this season has been fantastic because we really have, you know, two, two and a half rounds of stars, right? You've got five guys who are averaging 22 and a half points or more at the running back position and are still healthy, right? Are going to be big time elements in this finals. Then you add some guys like Connor Gordon, who did play again yesterday. Uh, Hunt, who obviously kicked off the Chiefs and, and on suspension. You have three more guys there who are putting up big numbers and at least got their teams into position to have a shot in this final week and then at wide receiver you have six players scoring 20 or more points which is, represents a huge bounce back and then you have antonio brown right on the cusp you've got this great second tier of players in between 17 and 20 so you've you've almost got this entirely new tier again back like we were looking before 2016 before 2017 of high scoring wide receivers and then the next group has filled that previous level so you have so many of these guys who are carrying fantasy teams and one of the things i think is always the most unfortunate the least fun aspect of it is when you get down to the end of the season you have like two guys who have win rates that are twice as high as everybody else and have completely determined the season now once you go into individual leagues you obviously find tons and tons and tons of situations where those guys were not the people who actually determined a specific league but across the board they have such an outsized impact and to have a season this year where you have so many top running backs so many top wide receivers and so many different paths to the title i 
I think that has been what has made this season so great. And hopefully we'll continue to see that because fantasy football is so much more fun when it goes that route. Yeah, no, I 100% agree there as well. And I, I touched on Tyler Boyd already. I'm sure he's going to feature in this next question when I ask it. But um, what were some of the, if you look back now to the, the preseason, what were some of the, the biggest hits you mentioned? Like, you know, the two rounds full of studs and stars so far. Um, but what, what were some of the ones that you, you hit biggest on that have helped you through the fantasy season? Yeah, so for this year, the two articles that I am probably the most proud of, both because they worked out for readers and because it really was the evidence basis that helped us bring these guys to the listener, to the reader, would be Boyd, who we recommended as a breakout wide receiver and also uh, in a piece talking about the late round guys. And, And he was someone I mentioned that you should take in the last round of every single draft that you have. There were so many positive elements for his profile that if you were willing to look beyond 2017, he was such a value. And he really has been sort of the league winner for me. He, I own him across the board and he's put all of those teams in position uh, just right there on the wide receiver one, wide receiver two borderline. Now with being injured in the last week, obviously you don't have him in the finals and that knocks him down a little bit, really finished the season probably down from that first tier, right? But to have such a, a great uh, second tier wide receiver available for free and for us to have pushed him so hard i'm proud of that excited about how that's worked out for for our users the other guy and you know this is a little bit of a departure because you know we talk so much about the benefit of, of drafting these receivers early and had the article this week talking about the apex finals which is a zero running back team uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about the mfl 10 of death going into the last week there i trail ryan forbes by five points and we've got you know multiple hundreds of point lead over over third so it's, it's really a head-to-head between the two of us that's a zero running back team talking about how that will work but on a lot of my dynasty teams and certainly for our readers who you know, maybe our, our big running back fans. And we and we really try and, and advertise the fact that we certainly have nothing against it if you do want to take running backs early. That's a very viable strategy in its own right. And my favorite article this year was talking about if you missed on Alvin Kamara, if you were not able to get him, if you can't trade for him at this point. And in the last couple of weeks, he was going as high as three or four overall in a lot of these high stakes leagues that I was drafting him. So if you didn't have a high pick, you weren't going to get him. Talked about how if you couldn't get him, the Christian McCaffrey was the next best option and was going to be a better play. Now, over the first month, month and a half, he looked very good, didn't necessarily look like a better play. But now he's jumped up to the point where he's outscoring Saquon Barkley now Barkley in his own right would have been a fantastic pick and some of our guys were definitely on him but McCaffrey now at 25 points per game still back of Todd Gurley who is having one of those uh, fantastic seasons but McCaffrey talked about how you shouldn't get caught up in the CJ Anderson concern that McCaffrey was going to be the guy he was going to be a much better running back you know what he had done at Stanford running between the tackles and that he has this pass catching ability and McCaffrey, for those of you who don't watch every game every week, uh, perhaps don't watch the Panthers every week because, you know, maybe there are, are some more boring elements to some of the things that they do. But McCaffrey, all of those scouts who talked about him being 
not necessarily the best running back, but the best wide receiver in that 2017 class. I think that they have been proven correct. You watch him run his routes, either foot out wide or out of the backfield every week. They are so precise. They are so crisp. He had that fantastic three-cone time. And we talk a lot about how, you know, you look at some of these metrics and they won't necessarily pick out people depending on how you ask the question, right? But if you're looking at the way that certain characteristics interlock, or perhaps you're using a regression tree, you're using some of these other methods to determine what elements of a running back's profile are really helpful. And certainly agility continues to jump out if you ask the question in certain types of ways. And that's one of the things that you want to do as an analyst as an analyst is not take the first simple, very straightforward, easy answer where you say, okay, well, here are some guys with poor three cone times who were good. And so the three cone doesn't give us any information. Yeah. I mean, there are going to be some guys who are 230 pounds are running a fast 40 are guaranteed basically because of their draft position to have good numbers and having a, a bad three cone is not something that is going to eliminate them from the radar it's just not it's not the way that it works they have the different types of things in their profile that will also make them successful but when you see McCaffrey go out and turn these fantastic agility times you know you watch him do his routes you have the scout saying you know he is this uh, almost impossibly good receiver you look at the other numbers you look at how they fit with people with similar profiles from the past you look at those comps and it just pointed in a very, very positive direction. So we were encouraging people to draft him last year in rookie leagues. And then this year, you know, my comment was he has that Marshall Falk type of season in his range of outcomes. And and he's doing it. Now, Falk, one of the things we talked about, is he, he had a couple of 30-point seasons. So when I look at Christian McCaffrey and look at 2019, I think that he still has some room to grow. Now, just again, just maintaining 25 points per game would be a fantastic accomplishment and very, very difficult. It's just like what you see when you talk about the curse of 370 or some of these types of things. It's not that there's a curse of 370, which you know people understand at this point. It's that maintaining the type of season that you would have when you have that many touches, that's going to be very difficult, right? So maintaining 25 points per game for McCaffrey will be very difficult. At the same time, People can't completely eliminate the possibility that he could hit Todd Gurley or go beyond that with a healthy Cam Newton, you know, with some of the other things that they're going to have in the offense. Because Christian McCaffrey is not just a fantasy weapon. He is one of the very best players in the game. When you watch him make him his cuts, he immediately separates by yards, right? So unless you're going to devote two, three, four guys per play to him, then you know he's going to put up that production and and so you know we're we're excited about having made that call and certainly i'm excited to watch him every week he's a fantastic talent and a lot of fun to watch during the games yeah and i do think as well uh, i would uh, like go along with a lot of the same answers that you give um because obviously doing this throughout the preseason and into the season we do talk a lot about the different players so then we uh, tend to have some of the same opinions then on the same players and i guess with rotoviz as well with the articles that come out we're reading a lot of the same stuff to help us form our opinions and develop uh, our strategies moving forward but Tyler Boyd obviously was a big one one that uh Philip Lindsay was somebody you mentioned on the zero RB list uh when he wasn't even really on my radar at all and he's somebody with the late flyers uh and picks and taking up off the waiver wire early uh and and the um, season that has obviously helped a lot of my teams as well so that was one that uh, I think 
was a, a big a big shout out from you on that one uh, biggest miss i think if i was looking through it i do know that we we talked a lot about rob Mkowski and also players like jarvis landry in the in the preseason um they, they would be two that would be high on my list for players that haven't worked out another one even though we worked out certain times during the season i think tevin coleman for myself personally was one who has uh really uh unhealth on that's not even a word unhelped my fantasy team's success this season and it's because he obviously came into a situation we thought that he had uh the ability to potentially overtake um friedman or even if friedman was there have enough work to be able to have production but even with freeman going out with the injury we thought then it would take a massive jump forward but then ito smith was splitting time with him and even when he's had the full workload it hasn't worked out for tevin coleman this season so he's somebody who would have been a big disappointment in terms of my uh, selections and then as as i mentioned rob Gronkowski as well um would they fit into the same characteristics for you did you have much of uh, tevin coleman on your lineups uh, when it came to roster construction at the at the end of it all at the you know after the draft stage i do and certainly that was a disappointing season it's interesting because he's still going in a lot of lineups for me today so it wasn't a problem to the extent where it eliminated those teams and again i think that's one of the elements of zero running back that gives you this huge margin for error is that when you've got a lot of tevin coleman and he mildly underperforms you're not eliminated but when you have those first and second round running backs who don't hit what they are expected to do either because of injury or volume or offense i mean these running backs are influenced by so many different things outside of their control. And we've seen that with the Falcons where a little bit like the Minnesota Vikings, you know, the Vikings are having this storybook season where Adam Thielen is challenging history and Stefan Diggs is among the lead leaders in catches and Kirk cousins looks like he's going to be that franchise quarterback with those two players they lose Dalvin Cook and obviously that hurt them because we can see the impact he's had these last several weeks that he's been back but they're rolling along rolling along and then you know you have this bad month and suddenly their offensive coordinator is out they're changing the entire direction of their offense and the Falcons have been a little bit of the same type of thing where they were having this excellent red zone production and then when that fell away it really exposed the offense the offensive coordinator to an extent Matt Ryan who has the good fortune of playing so many of his games in domes obviously statistical analysis of that shows that you know those dome games do help you and when you play your entire career with so many of those dome games it does inflate your numbers a little bit which isn't to say that matt ryan is not a good quarterback but certainly more of that middle range where he needs a lot of positive things around him and, and having the good coaching he's had at, at different points having the dome having julio jones and so they're probably also going to go in a different direction in terms of coordinator, uh, perhaps with both of their coordinators. And it'll be interesting to see how that offense picks back up. Fortunately, I think for Coleman dynasty owners, which I can certainly count myself in that group, I think that he is going to move on. That's what everyone is, is reporting and assuming. And we, we talked a little bit on the show how the Chiefs would be such a fantastic fit in a Chiefs offense that created that kind of space. You know, we've seen Damian Williams look like a star. And, and I don't know that that invalidates what Kareem Hunt has done completely. Certainly people who have done those types of things for a year and a half as opposed to a couple games, that that's much more impressive. But in that Chiefs offense, you're going to have a lot of, of potential. And so hopefully uh, Coleman will end up there. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes because he's the kind of big play threat. We saw it again last week where if you did play him after the bad month that he'd had leading up to it, then last week he really carried you in the fantasy 
semifinals. And so uh, that type of game where he can use his big time speed in open space, uh, there are some teams where that would be a good fit. For me, the biggest disappointment is Jarvis Landry. And uh, to an extent, you could probably see this coming. Blair Andrews has written a very good article for The Wrong Read about how you do not want to target established receivers changing teams. Uh, For those of you who have been long-term Roto-Biscians, you're very familiar with John Moore, who was one of the the early guys and helped get the site established. He wrote a similar article uh, back four or five years ago. And that's definitely come to fruition with Landry, where, you know, we talked a lot in the preseason about how this changing teams for the receivers, there are two very different effects, depending on if you're an established guy of whom a lot is expected, or if you're someone who was buried on your depth chart, maybe was in a bad system with a bad quarterback, and you switch teams, you know, like an Emmanuel Sanders or Robert Woods, those kinds of guys who then are in a breakout situation. Landry, where he was being drafted, you know, that's not a breakout. That's a that's an established role. And the thing that I like to talk about is you want to draft elite players. And I think that Landry gets a little bit of a bad rap as a possession guy because that's how he was used in Miami. But when you look at what he was able to accomplish in that role, I mean, you're talking about a guy who had the most catches in NFL history to that point in his career, and not just by a little bit. His gap over this next group of guys was absolutely huge. So to go from that Miami situation, which wasn't particularly good, and move into a Cleveland situation, which perhaps also wasn't going to be particularly good, but was similar in that he had no competition for targets, and then see the targets dry up when the offense improved. That was frustrating, but perhaps, again, not completely uh, unexpected. It's been great to see what Baker Mayfield has done. And I think for Landry, the long term there is very positive. But certainly any time that you go from consistent double-digit targets dropping into that 5, 6, 7 range, then you have a lot more weekly risk in terms of what those targets have to provide. And so for me, again, like Coleman Landry is me going in a lot of lineups this weekend. Uh, the rest of the players have, have done well and were exciting, uh, but those would be a couple of my biggest frustrations. Colin, before we leave, who do you need to hit this weekend, hit today in order to maybe carry a couple of uh, your weaker spots, maybe like a Coleman and a Landry? I would love to see Nick Chubb put together a big game uh, he's was one of those zero running back guys we really recommended and has been a big force in the second half of the season. Who do you need to really finish off your fantasy title run today? Um, most of the lineups are quite, uh, you know, I'm quite happy with who's going in. Um, I guess the one player who's in my lineup in one of the leagues uh, that hasn't, you know, he carried me a little bit at the start and it's really fallen off as of late is James White. Um, and I don't really think today that the game script will likely favor him to have that big game, but he's somebody who, I could do with uh, you know a, a good performance and a, a couple of touchdowns from um, the other one, and this is obviously not the same. Uh, it just shows how quickly some of the you know things change uh, as the season goes on. Um, I have a league where I have uh, Michael Thomas and Drew Brees stacked, and obviously we've seen them not really have a, a huge run here over the last three or four games. So it'll be nice to see them bounce back into some form in the game that I mentioned could be a high-scoring game with uh, the Steelers. So a couple of games, more more so than Derek Henry is probably the player who hadn't been going well, who have slotted into 
some lineups that has helped me along but uh that would be a case more so that the players who we talked about has been those studs in the first two or three rounds we need them to uh help carry us over the line here so uh, the saints offense would be somewhere i would like to see some points going for and my man amari cooper's uh, slotted in there in a couple of lineups so i'm, I'm ha- hoping that he's going to do some damage uh, today as well you mentioned as well that uh, coleman possibly moving on from the falcons i would expect that too i think he could potentially turn into what we've seen with Jarek McKinnon uh, this past off season, where he got you know was going in the second round based on his landing spot, we could probably see a similar situation with Coleman uh, next season. But I've just been disappointed by how he's performed given the the opportunity this year. And it's funny to think back just how much Jarek McKinnon has been forgotten about based on like that second round pick that would have sunk a lot of teams if you had him on the roster because he was kind of in the same range as somebody like a McCaffrey at the time. And, and obviously, we know how both seasons filtered out for. for the two of those guys so it'll be interesting to see where the adp starts to to show up now as we head towards 2019 but before we get to 2019 we have to finish these championship uh, weekends and uh, it is just coming up now to kickoff time in the sunday games and uh, i hope for anyone listening into this after the fact uh, it has been a positive experience for you over the next couple of hours um for to win those championships uh, and of course happy christmas to all our listeners thank you for tuning in throughout the year it's been a, a lot of fun in the show for you um, and also as always we'll be back next week with another edition of the show uh, and we'll be talking a little bit about how we've got on in, in those leagues and how things have shaken out so until we're back with another one i want to just say happy christmas to you all and until we're back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees.